plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are here. Unfortunately, we're not here in the same room as each other, but we are here. Uh, it has been a very, very hectic few weeks. Uh, as I was telling Matt, as it turns out, I am pretty good at my new job because they keep giving me a lot of work to do. So, uh, Matt, how you doing today? Oh, good enough. Got off work on time and uh, just been hanging out, um, looking over oh, challenge results and whatnot. And... We're Cantrip Cartel and we're here to talk magic. Continue. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what happens. You change one thing and the whole, uh, uh -huh. the whole podcast goes to shit. Yep. But uh, yeah, just kind of hanging out. Yep. Um, what I will really say now report, is just working. We're gonna. So it's late, guys. Uh, it's late on a Wednesday. Um, I had an awful day today. I didn't have an awful day, but I had a long day. So we're actually gonna sequester most of our kind of banter on how we're doing, and that's gonna get chopped over into the Patreon episode this week. So uh, we're not gonna do that necessarily every week, but if we have to cut time, that's where we're gonna start to stick that stuff. So uh, kind of same with me. It's been a well being a very busy last few weeks because we didn't record last week. I just as we just kept pushing it off and off and off. Didn't have time. Too much stuff going on. Had family in town. And then this week, just been working my butt off. So I'm actually pretty excited to talk about some magic, Matt. So without further ado, and with our literal, literally our shortest intro that will ever happen, how is Legacy looking? Uh, the top eight looks okay-ish, I guess. Um, uh, it's all the... about perspective. Do you like combo? Because it looks great. It's certainly pseudo diverse is in the top eight um i mean i don't even know if i'd say that the there's, challenge there's like four that, decks in the top eight hey that's a couple more than we had the last couple weeks <laughs> yeah sometimes. i guess it's not del it's not just delver and initiative there's two yeah. more than we had two weeks ago so um i believe they've got this mostly sorted out so i'm going to just go okay. straight one through eight uh they might not be in the precise order but i'm pretty sure i'm about i guess i'll double check I mean, it, if you don't I mind checking, yeah, that's. I want to make sure and give proper credit to at least first place. I kind of feel bad if I jip second, um, but after that, I'm not worried about fighting tooth and nail to make sure everyone's correct in their uh, rankings. Plus, once you get once you get to third, fourth, fifth, sixth, like it's all kind of, it's all points who came in actual second, third, well, actual third and fourth. This is such a minor gripe, but like it drives me nuts using the new MTGO website. Uh, the first challenge or like so like this challenge happened on the 30th and the 31st or whenever it was the uh 28th and the 29th it was the weekend yes. and so when you go to their deck list thing it doesn't pop up and you have to change. like it's such a minor gripe but like uh, it uh, drives me nuts because i'm like where like my first thought is why is the website not working and it's like yeah. nope you had to go to back to january and search for challenge results that drives me nuts but it does look like yes uh the winner is the top two were cool. uh, DN Solver and True Futurism. DN Solver uh, took it with uh, two zero in the finals. With well done, a, a pretty a pretty spicy looking painter list. Yeah, it's mono blue painter with a couple sideboard cards. So yes. it's listed as Esper painter, but the uh, sideboard cards you've got Ether Sworn Canonist and Plague Engineer. So nothing that yeah. would fundamentally change the game plan. Just good, uh, you know, catch alls. Not this is I mean this is just like, eight cast. But yeah, what? Why is it? No, it's yeah. painter. I'm, I'm teasing. Yeah. I'm teasing you. Yeah, you it's threw me cast. off there for a second. 
with um, it's eight cast with painter with a painter combo thrown that's in. And so an interesting take. Yeah. So instead of taking the size, instead of taking some of those more mid rangey cards, uh, you've got four painter servant and four grindstone to bring it home, and then eight thought casts to churn, help churn through the deck. Yeah. I wonder if that's a pivot to deal with the uh, mono white initiative stuff, so you can just get free wins that just doesn't care about combat at all. Yeah. Like. Where while you still maintain a decent game against Delver, because like you've got your sideboard stuff and like eight cast from I could be wrong here, but like when I played eight cast against Delver, I felt like I had a decent like it had decent game against that. I could be wrong. That's not like a matchup I've studied heavily or anything, but like yeah, I don't know either. I don't know how um, I feel about that. It seems like you could just either it. It kind of reminds me like you could just. Since the, the combo itself is so um, compact, you could mm-hmm. keep it in and force them to play around it. Or, you like, so it's going to be in game one. And then game two, you're kind of in that, like, that doomsday kind of thing that we talked about a couple times. Where it's like, what deck am I playing in game two? Yeah. You throw your whole Catholic- side. Yeah, you put all 15 in and you just start pulling out cards. Yeah. And they're like, got- what, am I, what am I taking yeah. out, dude? <laughs> reforce negations to get a lot more control heavy to cap a cannoneer to have an entirely different top end and end goal um aether sworn aether sworn cannonist for some great jail piece you've got yeah. some real options in the side to flex out and yeah it's the the package is so compact four and four eight cards not entirely compact i guess but still um very easy to shift game plans into a more traditional cap a cannoneer package well, the uh, nice correct thing me if I'm is, wrong, I don't think eight cast traditionally ran Force of Will, did it? Was it always running Force of Will? I'd have to look that up. Because I, I see that, and it strikes it me as like I thought eight cast was more just jam and push through, but maybe not. Maybe I'm just—I mean, I haven't seen eight cast in the top eight in quite a while, so I could just be wrong. But I thought it was pretty cool when I was looking at. It. I saw it got labeled as Abzan, but to pull it up and you know yeah, these, it looks like they they do normally run it. Okay, okay. Then I'm just I'm just but they don't run anything extra. So, like, it's, like, if you had any, like, Force of Negations or anything, those would be in the side. Uh, it was just a straight for um, okay. uh, um, Force of Wills, which makes sense because you don't want to. The deck is powerful and can snowball, but it's not, like, turn one, turn two kind of thing. So, you're not going to be out racing yeah, the combo decks. I know. But, like, well, I'm kind of surprised they don't lean a little heavier onto those free counter spells because the deck is just full of so much value and... Like eight cast, you have eight draw twos in it. Like the deck yeah. is designed so to go up on cards. Damn. Yeah, it's not nearly the cost. Um, when I saw to jump back to my previous thought, when I saw that it was Abzan Painter, which is actually Mono Blue Painter. You know, there's there's ten different Painter decks. There's Strawberry Shortcake. There's Mono White. There's Mono Red. There's Mono Blue. You know, there's basically every color under the sun of Painter. Uh, but digging a little deeper and seeing like a legit eight cast deck with painter kind of smushed into the side of it was a really cool pivot. And I'm really happy to see that it brought home first place. Cause I bet you get a lot of free wins of uh, people just not playing around painter because you're not a painter deck until you become a painter deck, you know, probably all in one turn and win. Well, and one of the cool things you could do about it, do against it in theory is like, you've got like your, it's one of those situations where at least the first time you do it, you could do it all in one turn. So exactly. when people see you going, when they know you're on painter, 
they can hold stuff up and whatnot. But if you start uh-huh. throwing out thought casts and force of wills yeah. or thought cast and thought monitors and emery's like they kind of, they have the expectation of a particular matchup. They're going to yep. start dealing with the wrong things. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to untap with three mana and you just or four mana yeah. and you just lose. Like, I mean, can you imagine if like turn one, you know, goes see to sign on, I guess it'd be uh, a little Mistress- bit more telegraphs than that i keep forgetting that grindstone costs three to activate but still the point still stands i'm just you can play you can absolutely play it you have a, a play a game where like i said you go turn one seat of synod mishra's bobble emery uh pass or you know ends like <laughs> what deck are you playing against and like i'm playing against eight casts and i've got like you said like emery's my problem i'm i'm using my removal on emery and focusing on her i'm trying to keep the board cleaner to try and make thought cast worse and thought monitor worse and yeah, you get to turn five or six, you know, you've been, you've been answering threats. You've been being aggressive on the board, whatever you're doing. And yeah, they go, you know, they, they go two mana painter servant, one mana grindstone tap three, win the game. Or, yeah. you know, they slam a painter servant pass and then they've got two force of wills to protect it. Mm-hmm. Like you're so, you just, you have, you've you been have blowing com- up shit that doesn't matter at all. Yes. So they're like, they're not completely. Yeah, they're not going to expend resources protecting the thought monitors and the emeries uh-huh. necessarily. Completely, yeah. completely throwing removal with the wrong targets, answering the wrong problems. Uh, it's a really cool pivot for the deck. Yep, and then you've got you know the bobbles to like churn through the deck to like. Oh yeah. So it's 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 not as good obviously as like brainstorm or ponder at finding your combo pieces but between thought cast thought monitor and mishra's bobble you're going to yeah. be drawing a lot of cards so oh, your yeah. deck is a is much shorter than 60 cards in pre- in practice you've got eight divinations and urza sagas to tutor out um hate pieces or you know situational answers oh, yeah, yeah and that's one of the things to keep in mind is urza saga also just goes and gets grindstone yep that's the big one is like I, that's probably the saving that one man on grindstone to go get grindstone, slam a painter. Boom. We're doing this. Yeah. So that's really cool. cool. I I was really excited to see painter in general one. And then to dig a little deeper and see that blue painter one was even, was even cooler. We did have a red painter come in uh, towards the end of the list, but first of all, having two painters in the top eight is pretty sweet. And then having two different color painters is even doubly sweet. Yeah. Well, and it's one of the things that's kind of interesting. We'll kind of talk about them together is like the red painter gets a ton of its value and power from actually casting painter servant and then manipulating the game with just painter servant. Yes. So that's something that this uh, eight painter, <laughs> I guess we'll call it <laughs> painter cast. We'll call it painter cast. Uh, that's something painter cast doesn't have any ability no. to do there's no hydroblasts in the deck there's no pyroblasts oh. in the deck like it's just painter servant at least i i mean there might be one or two in the side i didn't check no, or not. i didn't like thoroughly check okay i didn't think no. so no, um, they didn't pop out but like that's that's basically what they're giving up is they're giving up the ability to have a one mana removal slash counter spell like having six of them main deck to not only protect their combo but protect against anything else they want to do yeah and instead they're getting a much better either plan a or plan b depending on the matchup or how d yep. solver wants to play it so like um it is worth saying that painter servant does provide literally i believe one piece of value in this deck based on colors and that is you can name blue and you can make everything pitch to force a will and that's literally yeah. it yep and um 
depending on i mean you might as well because all your shit's blue so like it's not like i mean it kind of depends like you might not name blue and this is something i'm not super familiar with the deck if you were expecting like against delver if you name blue there not only do their force wills get better but then their pyroblasts get better because you don't have any so maybe you don't name blue in that circumstance you give up your free pitch but you take yeah, away to... theirs and you because they're going to have pyroblasts because you're i mean why wouldn't they well yeah it's because it's 2023 you, you run three pyroblasts in the main right well and especially uh, this is game two and they know you're on mono blue so like yeah at that yeah, very minimum they're going to go well i've got ways to do like it counters capican in here for one yep, <laughs> like... sure does. i mean and it like i mean i would trade a red blast for a thought cast any day of the week yeah like in the mid game where your opponent has two cards in hand, you've got three cards in hand or one card in hand and they go to thought cast and you're like, no, 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 no Well, no, especially we're... against a non counter, a non combo deck. Now that'd be, that's what you would, that's kind of that, that game we were just talking about. We're like in the mid game. Now you don't want to pyroblast their yeah. thought monitor. If you've already seen painter servant, but if you have, maybe you let that resolve. Well, maybe they've already take, taken Painter Servant out, and they're going to follow the Thought Monitor up yeah. with Kappa Cannoneer and Buster Ass. Well, <laughs> like, and I think, but I think you're also right that in a world where you are playing against Delver and you know Pyroblast is a mainstay in the deck or the sideboard, yeah, that you never, you would never name Blue on Painter coming in. Painter comes in and makes everything green or something because yeah, yeah, turning on. I'm not as worried about turning on their Force of Wills. There's obviously a non-zero number of times it matters. Yeah. But it's very real to turn on their pyroblast and make pyroblast at everything. Yeah. So, yeah, painter, and then I'm going to count that as covering red painter as well. There's, a, there's well, not really there anything. Is, uh, yeah, there no, is some, a couple new cards. There's very, so we'll something very interesting, and, and we can jump to it and talk about that next. That's fine. Uh, let's head. Let's head down to seventh place. Red painter. Yeah. This, Check uh, this Phyrexian out. dragon engine. And three fury. Yeah, the fury makes perfect sense to me, as we've discussed. Uh, a couple times it I mean, deals with the initiative creatures like the the card itself makes sense but to see it in painter like i would think painter can just race initiative uh, you know what i mean like initiative's probably what a turn four kill maybe turn maybe turn three like when the problem so, i think is they do have a bunch of answers and so like they have. they have a ton of answers for your painter servant and if you can't get the servant on like if you can't combo them they're a much better deck than you i mean they have like, solitude oh i guess i guess they do run marches they'll run marches or prismatic and no they run prismatic they'll run marches yeah i forgot they run marches it's like all you gotta play around is i mean solitudes and they're gonna be dumping their hand pretty quick but yeah you're right they do run marches they do run decent chunks or elite spellbinder can obviously get in the hand and tie it up quite a bit yeah, well, you're and right. as Never we, mind. well, and as we just discussed, to me, I look at that Fury and I go, <clears throat> I'm a combo deck. I don't give a shit about card advantage. So, like, I just want to ensure that initiative can't take over the game. Like, yeah. and if, I'll, I'll absolutely pitch any red card to kill their initiative guy. Yeah. You know, I'll pitch my Simeon Spirit Guide to kill the initiative guy, assuming I don't, you know, use it to combo off a turn earlier. But, like, Presumably. those kind of things, like... Because that's when you do have good game against them is when you can live long enough. The painter's resurgence in my, resurgence lately, in my opinion, has come because they keep getting... They got a couple good value engines in Urza Saga and then Fable of the Mirror Breaker. So their plan B has become a lot stronger. But Initiative yeah. just fucking trounces their plan B. 
Like, uh-huh. there's there. As far as I know, there is like no way to outvalue initiative in Legacy currently. So mm-hmm. like, you either go underneath or go over top. But like, the the middle ground is just completely dominated by initiative. So yeah, you just can't let them have it. In my opinion, it's crazy that Legacy right now is dominated by four mana, three fours, and four fours. Yep, but, but like we talked about multiple times with the soul lands, they're effectively two mana cheaper. Yeah, I mean, they effectively cost like and the it, three it, drop effectively cost two. They're turn. I mean, they're turn one. They're turn one plays. Like I mean, yeah. I don't think you keep initiative hands where you don't have a turn one three or four mana beater that's also getting you tons oh. of value off of the initiative. or one of the turn one lock pieces. So or like if you could chalice insane. on yeah. turn one, sure, but if you don't have either turn one lock or a turn one initiative. Or like a very very strong turn two. I don't know why the fuck you'd keep the hand because the like yeah. again as we just discussed the the card advantage is there. Like you yeah, can just, mulligan to six and just be like, cool, yeah. got well, got a good in, one. An initiative excels in like artificial card advantage where yeah you might end the game on turn four with one card in hand and your opponent has four cards in hand. Yeah, and doesn't fucking matter how many cards you have, you're dead. But yeah. Um, I did want to look at this Phyrexian Dragon. So there's been a few cards mm-hmm. that I spoilers happen so often. I don't look at every card now. Like I'll look at it as it pops up on Reddit and then, but it doesn't like stick. Yep. So I just this see pretty cool. whichever ones pop into the, uh, into decks are the ones that yep. I look at. So we've got Phyrexian Dragon Engine. It's a two, two for three with double strike. It's an artifact creature. That's a flip card as well. It's um, not a flip so, card. It's a or, meld card. Oh, meld card. Gotcha. So that's probably yes. not going to matter unless they yeah. get the other. Because it melds with uh, Mishra, who's a t- it's a terrible creature. Gotcha. Cool. Sure. So it's a 2-2 double strike for three colorless. Uh, when it enters the battlefield from your graveyard, you can discard your hand if you do draw three cards. And it's got unearthed for five. So that's a reasonable value. Like, oh, yeah. That's, I mean, I, it's so you can unearth it I mean, at full you price, in, which is whatever. You keep popping in and out with a goblin welder. Welder. Yep. So that's what you welding do. that bad gut bad boy in just to draw three cards a turn or i mean like realistically if like you had welder and engineer or multiple welders you can move it in and out drawing just just speeding through your deck finding whatever you need yeah yeah and that card's insane is there a way to tutor it so sacrifice it's a it's an artifact search your library for an artifact card so yeah you've got goblin engineer to find it yep and then welder to yeah that's cool i mean engineer can bring it back too but you know you play engineer on turn two it goes and puts the phyrexian engine in the field and then you untap with it you know you got you got a value engine it's a one of so you're not worried about deleting your deck too much if you feel like the combo is good to go for go for the combo if you feel like you need to make a value play get that get that dragon engine on top of having a four i mean a a two two double strike you got a decent beater you're also you also just drew three cards they're gonna want to remove it they need to deal with that Cool, I'll bring it back. If you don't kill it, I'll do it myself. And if you don't kill it and you don't have a way to deal... I mean, this is... You're talking about corner cases, but the fact of the matter is a 2 do double strike is a feasible mm-hmm. creature. Like, that's not Absolutely a horrible... Absolutely comp- it is. Not horrible stats. So, like, that's something... That is a threat that has to be answered yep. either well, by can, going bigger or removing it. It can attack into most creatures that aren't going to end the game immediately. And initiative can't attack into it favorably either. Yeah, a lot most of, of your creatures. initiative creatures until they get bigger cannot attack into that. If they do, you're trading. That's cool. I wanted it in the graveyard anyway. I'll bring it back. Right. That's obviously going to be more of a corner case, like we said, because that requires setup. Initiative is ideally not going to give you setup. But um, yeah, if Painter is working for that mid-game combo kill, 
things like Frexian, Dragon Engine, things like Fury are really going to aid in that. Yeah. Um, and we've also got Mishra's Research Desk, which is a mm-hmm. one-mana artifact. Uh, one and tap it, sacrifice it, exile top two cards of your library, library, choose one of them until end of next turn. You can play that card, and it's got Unearth for two as well. Yep. So similar thing, bouncing that in and out. I mean, it'd just be nuts if you could get uh, both of them, the Dragon Guide and the yep. Research Desk with a Welder online, where yep. you're effectively getting five it, free cards a turn. Well, it is worth mentioning that the research desk dying isn't what triggers it. You have to sacrifice it to get those cards. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So um, they, they don't synergize Still. super well with each other, but having having choices, and it, yeah. it is it is recurrable card advantage where you're getting to dig too deeper, find what you need, play it. It works really well with Urza Saga. It works really well with Goblin Engineer and Goblin Welder. No, it does help you turn through the deck very quickly if you're not going to be able to get that dragon engine. And it's also cheap. You can't just play it and activate yeah. it. And again, uh, another one of those Urza Saga targets. Cost uh-huh. one. Man, Urza Saga's pretty good. Yeah, it's one of those cards that... Just if gets we better were to, every if, set. <laughs> yeah, if we go forward five, ten years, I wouldn't be surprised if Urza Saga eventually gets banned under the... Um, maybe not in Legacy, but maybe in Modern, under the Hinders card... Uh, card design moniker. Yeah, I can yeah, see it getting banned for that. Yeah, where basically, you know, it, even if it's not doing something ob- obscenely broken, we can't design cards with it in mind because of what it does. And yeah. you know, I I would hate to see it get banned. I think Urza Saga is a good card in the formats it's legal in, but I could totally see it eating a silver bullet because Watsi's like, we can't design one mana artifacts without the mentality that they'll just get tutored up with Urza Saga. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's go to second place because that won't take very long. Uh, second place is Blue Red Delver. Uh, no snuff outs. We've got a couple Furies in the main instead of snuff out, um, which surprises really me cool. to some degree, yeah, but I not thought... to another because there's not a ton of cards in here you can pitch to it uh-huh. that you would well, want it... to pitch to it. This this Delver deck has 15 creatures in it. Four yeah. Delver, four DRC, four Merktide. Usually you see one Brazen Borrower, Maybe now you've got a brazen borrower and two furies. To be fair, the idea that they're going to cast the fury is pretty unlikely. Like, well, no, that's but I'm basically, just, uh, it's just take like the the spell package has been so locked in for Delver for so long. Um, well, I don't know where they're finding the room. Where they unholy take unholy heats? Um, and the main, I mean, I mean, basically, it's unholy heats in the pyroblasts. They took <laughs> out the main pyroblast. So un- you for the last six to eight months, Unholy Heat and Lightning Bolt have been fighting for that slot. Usually you don't see Unholy Heat and Lightning Bolt. You'll see one or the other, depending on if you want to go face or if you want removal. Uh, for the last, I think, couple months, Lightning Bolt's been winning pretty handily in that field. But yes, they well, took out their... They split running main board pyroblast. Yeah. yeah. The, the Unholy Heats, in my opinion, they didn't lose their place to Lightning Bolt. They lost their place to main deck pyroblast. Because the Delver became so fucking omnipresent that it was just like you had yeah, the bolts fair. and the pyroblasts. That, so when fair. it was I still in the 10 to 15% range, it felt like Unholy Heat was a lot better. Or at least a, more playable yeah. because it was better in more matchups. But then once Delver got slot. to that 20 to 25% nonsense that it has been, it's just like, well, Pyroblast. I mean, they still motherfucker still has four Pyroblasts in the side. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. And a Hydroblast. Yeah, so it still has five blasts in the sideboard. Yeah. Oh, there's price of progress. Nice. I saw that. And Trinity Nemesis. Yep. 
Well, I imagine True Name's pretty decent against if you can get it to stick. Uh, pretty decent against uh, initiative. Living know, that man. long matters. It's. I think but. it's way too. I. I. I don't think True Name there is for initiative. It could be, but like, in what world? If you're looking for, unless it has more, uh, more utility. But like, in what world do you want True Nemesis over the one mana pro white? You can't fucking touch it card that sits in front of that stuff all day long. Sits in front of initiative. I don't know what else you'd want True Name Nemesis for though. That's what I'm thinking. Like, it's True Name Nemesis has traditionally been a bit of a mirror breaker in Blue Red Delver, but I, I, I don't. I is it. I don't know what deck I would want Trina Nemesis for, and I don't think Trina Nemesis is the cor- is, is at least the best answer for initiative if you have red mana. You know what I'm saying? I the other one did he he got three power didn't he? Yeah, he's a three one. Well, the the problem I think the problem was the at least from what I saw on the so this is where my uh, theory to counter this would be. Sure. If I remember on Saturday. I was looking at the decks from Saturday, and it might have been last week too. But um, what had happened was the initiative decks brought in Snuff Out <laughs> to deal with that gotcha. fucking card. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they like it's it's they they can't do anything about it. Like you can't touch this card unless you've got. And we were talking about that might be why we start seeing them branch out into other colors. Period. Because you need yeah. access to deal with these pro white. It must have. It must have been blockers. last week, not this Saturday's. But I remember there was there was a initiative decks that were running like a swamp. I forget which dual land. Probably yeah. a scrub land, but um, I forget which and one it was exactly. And I don't want to say, but yeah, and snuff out to deal. I mean, again, snuff out's just a solid card against big threats like a uh, Merktide and whatnot. But Again, yep. it's that it's those pro white cards that are just like, well, I can't swords it, I can't solitude it. Like, what the hell am yep. I gonna do? It just blocks all day, and they can, assuming I ever do take the initiative, they can just take it right back. So yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe true name is a way to meta their meta, where it's like, okay, well, I'll play the three one that you can't snuff out. Yep. I don't know. That's it makes sense. But Sorry, I agree Dion. with you. I agree with you in. In well, the it's... just pure, in the non-snuff out meta, that other the berserker dude is against initiative a way better card. He just costs less. It's the yep. same thing. Well, and so. it's it does also help justify the two fury in the main board, where in game one that's your plan for not falling behind and buying time, um, and then games two and three because you're probably gonna lose game one. You're also like fury is how you don't die until you get your true name online. Yeah, because true name's gonna take three turns to get online. If you're not dazing yeah. anything, that's a long three turns. It's a long, five. like I said, I mean, we're looking at like initiatives ending the game in three or four turns, or becoming unwinnable. Uh, yeah, like, I will say and, the game is over or yeah. effectively over. Yeah. So, anyway, that is some interesting, uh, some interesting meta. The meta, the meta. I'll meta your meta with my meta. Next up, cephalid breakfast. Uh, the first of two cephalid breakfasts. Yeah, and let's just look at them at the same time here. So we got third place, third or fourth, and then... Oh, uh, here, uh, pause, tangent. Uh, I I would like to call a vote for the worst, and I mean by a lot, force of will art ever. Um, Is it the the one that just pops up if you hold your mouse over? Uh-huh. With the, just the huddled monk with the little yeah. circle? Yeah. Yeah. So my favorite Not Force of Will art, um, I'm saving up to buy for my Tatiova deck, I've told you, is the uh, 
the judge promo where it's uh, I think it's a Therese Nelson art, isn't it? Where she's like, uh... it's the one where she's got her arms thrown back and there's like a, there's like a, a fireball or whatever attacking her. And it's the arms thrown back has a shield in front of her. And yeah. to me, that embodies force of will where it's the this is the do or die. If this works, I don't die. And she just like eyes closed that in my mind, the way that that scene has played out is eyes closed. I'm committing to this. My last spell, whatever. And that's kind of what force of will is. And in, in legacy is, well, <laughs> either I force of will and this works or I die. And then you've come full circle to we have a monk who's huddled reading a book being like, eh, I hope I don't die. Don't kill me, please. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Matt Stewart is the art artist for the uh, one you're talking about. Okay. So Therese Nelson did the swirly did one the, uh, and the original one. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, that is my favorite art. What was his name again? Give him credit. Matt Stewart. Matt Stewart. That's my favorite Force of Will art. Unfortunately, they're like 500 bucks a piece. And every, I've kind of been working up to it. And every year it takes me to save up, the price of them goes up. So that's great. Yep. But uh, that is, there's a, I have a Force of Will in Tatiova, but there is a spot saved for that Force of Will. I get it. So, Sorry, how's Cephalid Breakfast looking? Uh, so we've got a couple different builds. They're not wildly different. <clears throat> They're both Esper decks. Um, the, uh, obviously you've got the Nomad Encore, yep. uh, Cephalid Illusionist, Shuko, that kind of stuff that's in the both combo. of these. Thassa's Oracle, Dread Return. That's the deck. Uh, Force of Wills, duh. Yep. Um, step through. Uh-huh. Duh. What a crazy uh, what a crazy bad card that's so good in this deck. Yep. <laughs> finds a wizard. <laughs> finds a wizard. Because they made Cephalid Illusionist a Cephalid Wizard in what is that plane yep. what is that? Plane Chase? Cephalid Illusionist? Uh that is Torment. Cephalid Illusionist Torment. is an old fucking card. That's old as hell. Yeah. Now, for like veterans, it's gonna feel like torment isn't as old as it is. But let's make everybody feel old. Like two thousand and one. Two thousand and two, February eighth was when torment. So it's twenty. Twenty one years old. It's just a week short of being twenty one years old. <laughs> torment can go to a bar and have a drink. It sure can next week. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, cards old. It's yeah. almost as old. I mean, in relative terms, Magic's thirty, right? That was the big deal yep. last year. It was the thirtieth anniversary. It's two thirds as old as Magic is. Well, no, Magic so is thirty this year. They was yeah, so they kind of kicked it off a little early. Nineteen ninety three. This is this is actually yeah. Magic's thirty. They just so could, they 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 went off a little early. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then got Force Will because they tried to combo off with $1,000 proxies. <laughs> People like, yeah. no. <laughs> no. How about, I tell you, one, I, one of the reasons I love playing Blue Eye Control is I do love getting to be like, uh, no. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, Exume? No, 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 no. No Exume. Uh, not a ton to report on this. Like the, the one in eighth place has a couple different cards. Got Orm's Chant and uh, two Orm's Chants and two Dazes. Uh, uh, the other one. That's the other one. Place. The, that's the did I have in reverse? That's the third place. Yes. Yeah, I've just got it backwards. The third place. Uh, you fucking idiot. Then the eighth place has uh, Snapcaster Mage. Yep, that's what I thought was kind of cool, is one Snapcaster. Yeah. So, again, you're not talking about huge deviations here. Nope. Uh, I mean, these these super linear combo decks, um, 
I mean, even like red painter, pieces. Yeah. like blue painter is definitely a little more, um, a little more. That's not nearly as linear. You have a couple strategies there, but yeah, Cephalid's pretty locked into what it's doing. You know, modern red painter's pretty locked into what's doing. Uh, spoiler alert! You know, reanimator's pretty locked into what it's doing. These decks aren't seeing a ton of innovation, other than a couple cards here and there. Yeah. All right. So fourth place, uh, fourth place. we've got mono white initiative. Oh, I I skipped right over it. I was like, let's talk about reanimator. No, nope, fuck mono not, white initiative. Not yet. Uh, it's the uh, deck to beat, so to speak. So we got to talk about it. Let's see if there's anything new. At least so we've got the archon. The it, it's not finder. new. But every time I see it, it amazes me. Or hmm. Chancellor of the Annex. Yep. Well, th- this one goes hard into going fast. So yep. we got four Chancellors and then two Gemstone Caverns in the side. Like, this deck is all about the turn one or turn two Daddy. initiative, dude. Like, and ma- it's and, and it's sticking. Yep, it's happening. Yes. Chance of the Annex, previously reserved for Reanimator, dropping Grizzlebrand on turn one. Fuck your force of will. Yeah. Now doing the same thing, except it's for White Plume Adventurer. Right. <laughs> what is happening? That's. I will. I will keep modern magic. I I'll don't mean keep modern in the format sense. At best, a six-card hand so that I can slam seasoned dungeoneer on turn one. Good enough. <laughs> Good enough. So, anywho, we we'll talked about this three, deck four. quite a bit. There's not a ton of talk about other no than the deck list is pretty solid uh, it's well it's it's in the realm of what initiative has been and so like we talked about a couple weeks ago one of the scary things to me and matt about mono white initiative is we don't know what the best initiative deck is yet this you know this one's running the archon of amarias the spellbinders but like this list probably has another what four three unique cards that are sometimes show up sometimes don't maybe four unique cards in different numbers and like no one knows what like delver salt right we we know what fucking what delver delver has like two flex slots currently monoway initiative if you considered every deck every card that changes often a flex slot they've got like 10 flex slots yeah well i mean you could you could very easily argue that the archons are a flex slot i think they're probably absolutely in the current meta though one of the good cards but like this is one of those things like it's a hate bear. So uh-huh. whatever hate bear is best goes yeah. in that one. Now that Sometimes one does seeing, work very well because it slows your opponent down a lot. Um, the anointed peacekeepers have been in that slot a lot. That's a three mana two, two that when it comes in, you get to name a card and then that card costs two more just until it dies. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's like, like the Archon of Amirius shows up. Sometimes the peacekeeper shows up. Sometimes Thalia shows up. Sometimes there's like, there's so much wiggle room in these decks where we have, as a community collectively, like no idea where this deck needs to be. And it's still, I checked 20% of this top 32. Yeah. So pretty good deck. Pretty good deck. It, I mean, what it, it, like it, it turns out initiative is okay. And soul lands were underutilized. Yeah. And the, the funny thing is like, I don't want to say we were right when we called initiative. Cause I don't think we got, I think I at least I underestimated it a little bit, but the world, the argument that I don't like is anybody who defended Delver in its current state has no room to talk about initiative because to the best of my knowledge, there's been like one event where initiative, like one big event where initiative actually outperformed Delver. Like it's basically they're neck and neck 
Like there's yeah. there's now a second best deck in the format, so there's two decks I mean, to beat. But yeah, like, but like, what a silly comparison to make. Like, oh, it's not as good as Delver, so or you, it's like, oh, so it's not it's not the best ever yet. So you don't even like, you don't get to say anything. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's been a ton of people who defended Delver and then immediately wanted this band. Oh, and it's just like you don't get to be like, oh, Delver's okay, but this I is a problem. When yeah. this didn't even reach the problems of Delver, yeah. I'm I, I on the complete opposite spectrum where I'm going, hey, Delver's a problem. If this reaches Delver level levels, then we clearly have a fucking problem. Yeah, that's, <laughs> especially I mean, while Delver is also not affected at all. Like it's a just... great, <laughs> it's a great metric to use, guys. Is it as is it as much of a problem as Delver? We should ban something out of it. That's a great right. metric to use. And you know what we should use that on first? Delver. Right. So I don't know how much longer to be perfectly honest, I don't I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but like can legacy survive as far as like a competitive outlet of two straight years of being dog shit? So like how long are people gonna like cause I, I mean, mean I'm at the point where like I'm looking at like selling my duels and um, shit. I'm very much like I think modern. It, if legacy is the way it is, modern is my preferred way to play Magic. Technically, Pioneer is. I play Pioneer every week and I love it. But I love the power level of modern. I do miss the intense power level of legacy. And you do get a lot of that in modern. But um, to answer that, what I will say is I've been listening to some some Magic podcasts again recently. I kind of took a step back from them. And uh, Bill Gallagher at Thraben U. Shout out to an amazing content creator who doesn't necessarily partner with us, but is good at what he does. Um, says he loves legacy right now he recognizes there's a problem he recognizes they should ban cards he says he's having a ton of fun in legacy and he loves it what's he play uh he well he plays dono decks he plays trash gotcha he's a uh he is a dnt savant he's a he knows dnt very 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 well but he's a content creator he plays 99 matches out of 100 is brews and dono decks and i mean i'm not gonna say they're all trash but i've watched a lot of his videos a lot of them are very gimmicky and yeah. very trash. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, but he's been really enjoying it. So like, people ha- people aren't having fun. To me, that is the equivalent. It's a different thing, but it's the equivalent as far as an argument goes as going, my local meta's fine, so the meta's fine. Well, I... Like, you know what I'm I mean? Sorry. Like, it's, I'm it's just, still I'm giving possible one example. to have fun. I know. Yes. But, and, like, just if I'm going to take his argument at face value and talk about it, like him enjoying the format because he's yeah. not effectively taking it seriously. Yeah. It doesn't like, and again, I will reiterate that he wants it changed. He recognizes there's problems yeah. and it needs fixed. He just also is enjoying it. But yeah, you're right. Like he's, um, well, he does make content and a lot of it. He's a, he's a, he's very casual. He's just, he's just, he dips into legacy and tries to get a three, two and, you know, feels and has a lot of fun. And, that is the way he has chosen to consume or, you know, create legacy content and enjoy legacy as a format. And I want legacy to be like a diverse, aggressive, competitive format. I should say aggressive. Cause I don't need it to be like aggro, but like, I want it to be a diverse competitive format. That's kind of fun to play. And personally, I don't feel like this is, this is fun. And I don't no, not at all. I don't have fun playing legacy like this. I don't, I think legacy is, is garbage right now, unfortunately. And yeah. like, it's amazing how many people are finally agreeing with that because of initiative. 
because now there's two decks that like that act like Delver in terms of just completely negating the the majority of a game. Yeah. Like like one of the reasons I hate playing against Delver, I'm not saying we should ban Delver entirely, but I hate playing against Delver is a lot of the times I play against Delver and it feels like none of the decisions I made mattered because they I mean like there's nothing I didn't get to play magic for like four turns. And mono white initiative Nothing you did mattered because you played magic for like three or four turns and you just never had a chance to keep up with mono white initiative. Yeah. And people are like, that's ridiculous. That's not fun legacy. They should change it. And I'm like, you know what? I agree with you. Ban Murktai. Let's start there. Yeah. It's, it's not in a great spot, but like I said, I don't like legacy is already more expensive than like vintage was along. Uh, you know, you can. Oh yeah very easily find po- like legacies following the same financial trajectory as vintage yeah. it's at a much slower I, pace but it's following the same trends yep. and it's hasn't had a what i would consider and i know i'm whether or not i'm the, in the minority i don't know but i'm just one dude like a shit meta f- since strixhaven yep. like it's delver has doing? just delver has just had a grip on the meta for a very long time and if you enjoy the way delver games go it's fun and honestly if you're probably a like a like a grinder or you're trying to min max it probably isn't that terrible of a meta either because it's very consistent and consistency is easy to plan for and abuse but someone like you and i who we love playing legacy and you know we much more casually dip into it uh, we play it very competitively, but we dip in here and there. We just kind of we want to play our decks. We want to have a little more fun. Like the format is not fun for that because if you're not doing one of the like one or two best things, cut and dry. Period. You're not really doing anything. Yeah. So, whatever. Like maybe maybe we wanted to look at legacy. We're like instead of having like in modern, you've got like a tier one, a tier two deck, and those are kind of whatever. And then tier three and tier four decks, which are definitely worse. But like we see Merfolk in a top eight occasionally, and in legacy maybe one way to envision it is like tier one or s tier is just so far to the right and the win percentage for the tier two or tier three decks is just on average so much lower than s tier and tier one that i mean in modern it's totally reasonable to play i I know that like you could play elves and do totally fine the challenge you know you probably won't top eight but like you'll be okay whereas when you play a you're you're almost guaranteed to get your shit dicked if you're playing a mediocre tier three deck in legacy. And that's uh, just to kind of back that up. That's one of the issues that kind of gives legacy a false sense of diversity in the meta. The problem is, is tier one there's well in my, in my opinion, tier two is anything. There's a couple decks. Basically currently you have tier zero, which is Delver and initiative. Then tier one are the decks that have reasonable game against those decks. Then there's everything else. The problem is the everything else is so many decks that of course, occasionally they're going to get in. And so it gives you this sense of like, wow, you know, there's still a bunch of these decks. Well, it's like, no shit. You have 29 years worth of magic being played Uh currently. Of course, decks are going to beat them. And just like, just just on the odds. The most ludicrous enablers that turn, that make decks viable in Legacy. Right. You're just talking about, it's just variants. Like they're going to get through because they can't, 
with a limited sideboard, you can't sideboard against everything. Yep. And so whatever you don't sideboard against, you're letting statistically some of the decks come through, yep. right? And you so got, it's just going to happen. You're going to have pilots like you that are diehard elf players. They're going to play elves. I, mean, I You, like Brian Cooks, are going to be a great example where Brian Cooks playing fucking Storm. doesn't matter if Storm's average win rate is 20%. Brian Cook's here to play Storm. And Brian Cook, you know, if he plays enough challenges, will take Storm to a top eight. Enough being one. Yeah, <laughs> with Brian Cook, yeah, that's speaking. very true. Yes, but. but yeah, like, and that's and you've got those. Legacy definitely has. I, I every format except for standard probably has that where people get really committed to a deck. Legacy probably has uh, the largest population, not counting vintage, because no one plays vintage. Of people that are like, this is what I play. I will never play anything else. Fuck you. I play Pox, and Pox is garbage, and it costs six thousand dollars. And fuck you. I play Pox. Right. So. That's just, it's kind of a little bit of a, like I was saying, false diversity. Yeah. Because it's just, you just have some of that stuff in there. By the way, you also undercounted Delver, because there's also a Grixis Tempo, which is going to be Delver with Snuff Out, and a a Rug Delver as well. So it's 10 of the top 32. (laughs) Yeah. So we're looking at 31%. Yes. Murktide region is in 31% of decks. So a solid 50% of the meta was two, was two strategies. And White Plume Adventure was in 20... Yeah, literally 50% was two. Yeah. So, yeah, anywho, we do need to wrap up this top eight. Yeah, we... we I much. mean, short episode, haha. Not like that ever yeah. happens. Um, so, in uh, fifth place, we've got Reanimator. Dude, it will never uh, cease to fucking looks. amaze me. It will never cease to amaze me that Archon of Cruelty is fighting Grizzlebrand, Grizzlebrand for slots. Well, does something when it ETBs. Yeah, does something. That does something when it ETBs. It does a lot when it ETBs. Yeah. Uh, snuff out. I'm just looking at the sideboard. The sideboard's really the only interesting thing about this. Yep. Uh, so we got Voidwalkers, Serenity, Fairy Macabre, Magus of the Moon. Yeah. Where uh, nothing. Cares, sheltered. It's sheltered's sheltered's the, the weirdest thing. God, sheltered $64. That reminds me of old Jazam wow. Dijin days i'm really happy for dc i traded dc a regular sheldred a foil sheldred and a phyrexian sheldred um back when they were uh the i think the phyrexian was like 80 dollars or 70 dollars. so like he made out like a bandit on that good for him i did too yeah. i traded for actually a bunch of fetch lands and uh some primo legacy pieces so like we're both very happy but that dude like he he won't because he plays with them, but that dude needs to fucking sell those things. And just get regular ones. Sell the special ones, get regular uh-huh. ones, keep pocket the difference. Yeah, that dude, uh, DC, it was it was funny we were doing the trade. and Because I'm like, I, I, I'm i pretty stingy. When I, when I trade value cards, I trade value for pretty good cards. And if I've got like a $50 card, I don't trade it for garbage. And so he was going through and I was like, I mean, I'll trade it for like, because he had uh, like an expedition, the new, not the old expedition, the new expedition. Uh, like foil verdant catacombs and i was like i'll trade for that and i did that for a couple of them where it's like i'll trade for that scalding tarn i'll trade for that blah 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 and he's like man because he's a modern player oh it hurts my soul to trade this for standard cards but yeah and turns out he was right i was wrong yep but yeah that's about the only thing we haven't seen before in this the yep. void walkers and the sheldreds so um there was yes, a cool, uh mono blacklist that was running in one of the new cards it was like the three mana three three with lifelink or something like that the like the weird pseudo worm coil engine 
Oh, you're talking about. Oh, uh, yeah. It's the one where it has prototype. It's one black black for a three three. It has ward pay life equal to its power. And it had it has menace and lifelink. And I believe you can pay either six or seven for a seven seven with all those. stats. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, handy little uh, dark ritual thing. (laughs) Uh huh. Yeah. So slam a slam a three three. That's relatively difficult to remove. And I mean, realistically, even if it dies, it's not a terrible thing um, if it's what's in the graveyard to reanimate because a 7-7 seven, seven with Menace and Lifelink, uh, you're not going to bury your opponent card advantage, but it, who the fuck can race that? Like, yeah. Initiative can't race that. Yep. All right. Yeah. Last deck, Blue-Red Delver. Yeah. One Chain Lightning, one Unholy Heat instead of Furies. There you go. Yay. True Name Nemesis again. Yeah. I think you were right where it's the meta we're metaing the meta that meta the meta. Yeah, cuz I mean you've got you've got a couple like you know, this is Grixis tempo. So this is just that's literally just blue red with uh snuff outs. Um yep. and then what was the uh It's kind of funny they don't label this. They la- they lead this as is it Delver even though it has a surgical. That's a black mana pit basically. Yeah. And what was the other one? There was a rug Delver 23rd. Let's see if there's anything important here just minskin boo yep so yep basically nothing to really differentiate between i mean again i know technically it is but the blue red delver the grixis delver and the rug delver same fucking deck in the the exact same way that we count the abzan initiative boros initiative and and if i remember correctly that abzan that's where they were getting the snuff outs that's where in the the black in, in the 60 we're probably talking the difference of like what Six cards or less. Yeah. This one's actually... This Abzan one is actually different. It's got Opposition Agent in the main, the Fairies inside for Reanimator, and then Wasteland Strangler. So, did we talk about that one before? So, it's a 3-2 for three mana with Devoid. When it ETBs, you could put a land card an opponent owns from Exile to that player's graveyard. If you do, target creature gets minus three, minus three. Sorry, what? Did you read that correctly? Yeah. Well, it's one fuck? of those. Uh, that was the battle for Zendikar mechanic where they were screwing around with like exiled stuff. Let's what? see if we Are can. You look at the Grixis tempo. No, I'm looking at Abzan Initiative. It was a thirty-second out of thirty-two. Last deck in the sideboard, Wasteland Strangler. When it ETB two and a black three-two. Let me put a card, not a land card. He said land. Oh. Let me put a card an opponent owns from exile into that player's graveyard. If you do, um. Okay, why? I mean, in theory, you've got swords to plowshares. Uh, it is. Oh shit! Uh, I fucking know why. It's um because you it you've got solitude, so you got there. You you're putting their shit in exile. Yeah. And it kills the fucking firebrand guy. Yep. The whatever whatever that red thing is, it kills the red. You just thing. have to you have to have exiled something of theirs yeah. beforehand. They have to have, they have to have a thing in exile, right? Yeah. They put a card an opponent owns from exile into that player. Yeah, so you have to, you have some hoops to jump through, but and there, there's probably something else I'm missing. I mean, it does. It also just like it does kill Delver. It does kill, uh, yeah, Dragon Rage Channeler. But it is devoid removal. Or I mean, I guess. But like, if you got if you already got black mana pips, you've already got how much? Well, you've got four scrubland. You've got black mana. I don't know. You're probably better off just to run a fucking Doomblade. But what do I know, right? One of the nice one of the nice things is it does get found by once upon a time, which does. Oh, that's true. Decide. That is very true. 
if you'll notice, their almost their entire sideboard is creatures. That's one of mm-hmm. the reasons why. I have a question. Sure. Um, uh, they don't run it, so never mind. Uh, the Fair question enough. is, I will still ask. Uh, can you put a wasteland strangler under a chrome mox? Get black mana. Because the card is devoid, so it has no color. Like, does that count? Like, because like Chrome Mox usually looks at its pips, but does devoid mean it's, or does it produce colorless? Thing interesting, huh? Oh, it doesn't produce colorless because colorless isn't a color. That's something I've just had come up before. Um, I I need to look at the. I guess I need to. We're gonna sound like idiots here. I mean, I'm I people who. Fucking play Legacy. They they know where the Gatherer is. You know, uh, pull up, pull up uh, well, the, rulings. The big thing is, yeah. Oh, well, the big thing is whether or not Devoid is active when the card's not in play. Because if the card, if Devoid is just always Devoid, uh-huh. when it's in your hand, when it's in exile, then it doesn't have a color, and Chrome Mox does not produce mana from colorless cards. And of course, the Chrome Mox on Gatherer is fucking bugged right now. It's got a runtime error. Yeah. But uh, just looking at the card, Chromox, add one mana of any of the imprinted card's colors. Yeah, and that's what it matters. Yeah, does Devoid count outside of gameplay? So we would need we would need a ruling on what Devoid exactly means. Yeah, but I don't. I think from I'm looking at it, Devoid is a characteristic defining keyword which states the card is colorless. Regard, yeah. So I think it's just the card's colorless. Uh, yep, so here's, it's rule 702.114a, devoid is a characteristic defining ability, devoid means this object is colorless, this ability functions everywhere, even outside the game. Okay. So yeah, take it out of your black binders and put it in with your colorless binders. Exactly, put it in, put it in with the artifacts. Because it's in, it's by that rule still different. It's colorless. <laughs> okay. Yes. Very cool. So, doesn't do anything. All right. Anywho, wrap up, that's wrap our top up legacy. Eight. Yep, so uh, like we discussed, Delver... Uh, Blue Red does 8 of the top 32, 25%. Delver as a whole is 31%. Uh, next up, we're going to lump... I mean, next up is Reanimator as far as individual really. decks go. If you were to lump... But, but not the, really, the, like you said. There's Selesna Initiative, Mono White Initiative, Boros Initiative, and Abzan Initiative, which oh, I miss are Boros. a total of... Uh, they're a total of 19%. I'm just looking at the top creatures. You look at Sun oh, Season Dungeoneer, 19%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one else runs it. <laughs> no one else runs it. So uh, you got 19. Well, and it's kind of circular a little bit, but it's a characteristic of the deck. If it's running Season Dungeoneer, it's an initiative deck. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's exactly true. Uh, 19%. So, yep. 50% exactly of the. Uh, <laughs> Top 32 are two decks. Uh, then you got Cephalid Breakfast, Breakfast, Painter, and a bunch of one-ofs, which are a lot of them are just variations of initiatives. So like I'm like I was saying, like you got a lot of like fake diversity here. Yeah. Where well, like, your you list got of Teamer, decks looks big, but Teamer Delver, Grixis Tempo, which is Delver, uh four flavors of initiative. Boros, Abzan. Yeah, you've got like four or five of these decks are just flavors of the top, you know, that that. 50% of the meta. I will say, just to kind of back up, uh, we did a an episode, I believe it was Mono Wolf, who was right, who was working on Hammer Time in Modern Correct. and also wanted a le- legacy deck. Uh, Hammer Time, again, 16th. Saw that. Yeah. Like, Hammer Time is like regularly putting a, a car or a deck in the top 32 of challenges in Legacy. Yeah. To me, that's a real deck. Absolutely. Like, it doesn't have to be expensive to be a real deck. 
Yep. And, and I, Hammer Time is probably one of the best, cheapest decks in Legacy right now. And especially like like he was going for. If you're going for crossover, it's about as good as it gets. Where it's one of the best decks in Modern, and it's an absolutely viable deck in Legacy. Yeah, I mean, you got to buy like Wastelands. I mean, there's a couple cards, but like like looking at this list, you're buying like Wasteland, um, Retrofitter Foundry. Huh. That's hilarious. The rest of the deck is a modern deck. I might miss something or whatever, but like the, the point stands. Caracas, yeah. Wasteland and Caracas. Like, yeah, very, very little to get from here to there. Yeah. So you're effectively going, I have a modern deck, and for uh, 200 bucks, you can have a legacy deck. Yes, too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So definitely, I think we gave some good advice in that regard. Uh, most played cards, we're back to this mess. Force of Will, Brainstorm, Ponder. That's the top three. Then Lotus Petal of oh. Days. Uh, then Expressive Iterations. I mean, literally the most played cards is Blue Red Delver plus Lotus Petal. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. That's and Lotus Petal's in there because of initiative. Yeah. And Swords. Don't forget Swords. Oh, did I overlook Swords? Swords is 10. Oh, that's top spells. I'm no, sorry. Yeah, it's Lightning Bolt. Never mind. Top creatures. Blue, Red, Delver, and Initiative. <laughs> yeah. DR Delver, DRC, Merktide, Season Dungeoneer, Solitude, White Plume Adventurer. Uh-huh. The Fairy, Baleful Strix, Grizzlebrand, Brazen Borrower. Top spells. Force Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Lotus Petal, Days. Like, Boy. Sure. Yeah, Legacy's great. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's do let's do a tight twenty on modern. I know that we always skimp on modern a little bit. We do have modern listeners. Um, I'm sorry, modern gets a little less love from us. I will tell you that modern is currently my preferred power level and way to play Magic. Um, well, if, the funny thing is, it's not even less love. Modern gets less hate. We spend, there's just nothing to bitch about. In modern. That's true. There's <laughs> less to bitch about. Legacy yeah. basically boils down to me just being ugh with it yeah. and i it's hard for me to just not talk about it every week yeah just like hey look legacy's still shit it's so. not great uh so first place in our modern challenge uh from this last weekend we've got uh we actually matt take a second here um i'm gonna start talking about it make sure that mala grinja mala underscore grinja won the challenge uh regardless i will talk about this deck this is a uh, crashing footballs deck for agent for fury uh, nothing in here that is surprising. Maybe yep, except... Okay, cool. Except Become Immense. Uh, we do not see Become Immense very often in these decks. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I take it back. Because this isn't the traditional uh, Crashing Footballs. This is the uh, 12 Cascade Crashing Footballs with Ardent Plea and Leyline Binding. So uh, a much, much weaker mana base. This is where we saw a lot of the Crashing Footballs lists transfer over into. Mm-hmm. Which isn't even really that surprising because, you know, you had two Cascade lists that were relevant in the modern. You've got Living End, which is hard combo. The game is fucking over. And you've always had Crashing Footfalls, which has always been more mid-rangey, more responsive, and more, you know, they're going to they're gonna win the game by attacking three or four times. So when Leyline Binding came out and they pivoted into a much weaker mana base, but it's modern who gives a shit to run Leyland Binding that frees up room for Ardent Plea. So you've got three Pleas, four Violent Outburst, four Furies. You basically get to run three more of the best card in your deck. And buying into white gets you Leyland Binding primarily. Yep. Um, basically, the only thing you really give up is your plan A's more consistent, but you don't really have a plan B. 
No. Like, um, but I, I would argue that even like originally you didn't either. Like if you got your crashing footfall surgical, you were relying on Starless Agents and uh, what's that stomp card? The yeah, giant. you'd have um, Bone Crusher Giant. Bone Crusher Giant. Some of them would have like Brazen Borrower. Like you had. I, that, some did a run Furies. Creatures, you could, you could like build that, towards but... a Fury, and a Fury can beat your opponent to death. But I mean, in the modern landscape of modern, yeah, it's not like, enough. In general. It's not enough. No. So I totally get kind of going a little more all in, kind of more of that living in strategy of we're commit committing to the bit. Basically, it's. Uh, I, I heard a term I haven't heard in a while where it's like, this is for legacy, but, you know, are you doing the legacy power level thing? And modern Crash Cade has moved over to, like, you need to be doing the modern power level thing. And what's the modern power level thing? Is casting a three-mana Cascade spell and hitting two four fours. Yep. Yeah, putting it's, ten power on the board for three yeah. mana. If it's you cast not, let's say. Yeah, it's not... Um, and uh, it's not casting stomp it's not having a subtlety ready it's not you know having some stupid little gotcha buy some time it's slam eight power attack you killed them cool slam eight more power attack yeah and with Second. 12 cascades or uh 11, 11 cascades you're going to be doing that a lot yep, yep. sideboard <laughs> sideboards very trim one gemstone caverns uh just for the lulls Four Force of Vigor, don't fuck with my shit. Four Mystic Dispute, don't fuck with my shit. Four Endurance, you don't get to bring things, you don't get to have your graveyard. And 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 so, and also, you, there are times when uh, you're gonna get to get, you're getting your stuff back too, very reasonable, and a couple subtleties just to like you do have those those games where you're gonna have to buy time. But Plan A, Game One has transitioned much more towards like yeah, spend three mana, make eight power. Oh yeah, and endurance in my opinion is a very good card for this deck, just because when you're this linear, it's very possible they just counter your shit. Yeah, but you just endurance it back. I'll just like. bring it back. <laughs> yep. Second place. So. I love the title. Generic Ragavan. Yep. Generic Ragavan. Uh, this so was this actual is, second place as well. Yeah, this is uh, three color. You got Jagatha on the side. Uh, DRC Ragavan Ledger Shredder. So you've got that uh, no Merc Tide, but that is it package. You're basically picking up. You're basically running. Um, is it Merc Tide? Cut the Merc Tides out, which I think is probably wrong. But what do I know? Uh, a couple to fairies, and a couple and, and and a singular prismatic ending. It does buy you a bit more in the sideboard. So you've got things like Monastery Mentor as a side flex uh, a package. Uh, Hallowed Moonlight, something to really hate on. Uh, Reanimator partially, but really more the uh, the transmogrify Donald creativity lists and uh, some more prismatic endings. This is so. This is one of the things. Uh, it's easy to overlook. It's got underworld breach. That's why it's not doing uh, Merc Tide. Oh, yep. I didn't. I had. I did not yep. scroll down far enough to see the four underworld breach, and that is an excellent reason to not run Merc Tide. That kind of a non-bow is. Um, I absolutely would never put those two cards together. That's correct. Yeah. So now we're so arguing. It's just a matter so of which, which one's, one's more powerful. Yep. yep. What do you think is better? Underworld Breach to more than likely uh, Mistress Bobble, let's say three times. Uh, pot, I mean, in fairness, it can also be to Lightning Bolt your opponent three times. Or yeah. Murktide, which also, in a way, Lightning Bolts your opponent three times. Yep. And it does. Underworld Breach does uh, play well with Ledger Shredder and DRC. Um, 
with all the same stuff. Like those are things you just want. Like it makes those creatures better. Like you've got a lot of a uh, virtuous yeah. circles going on there. Uh, and I know it's coincidental, but Murktide does rule out having Jengatha. So I don't yeah, think that's, that's why you're cutting Murktide. But it does. It's one of those things where it's like it's now the question is: Do you want Underworld Breach and Jengatha versus Murktide? Oddly enough, you also lose counterspell, so you're forced to run yeah. like spell pierce, spell snare. Um, yeah. These, in my opinion, much worse counter magic. It's one mana, but much more narrow, much worse, much worse yeah. counter magic. So, uh, speaking of narrow counter magic, did you see the new mental misstep? Yeah, the counter the spell that costs one or less. Oh yeah, one or less. Yeah. So uh, that was I could the, see uh, it. It's pretty good tech uh, against uh, Crash Cade or Living End. Yeah, it's a good. Uh, I think it's definitely got potential in modern. Uh, I would say it's got very good potential in modern. I think it's maybe corner case relevant in Legacy. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it would be a lot better if it said counter target spell that costs one or no mana was spent to play it. So you could counter like a put oh. a pitched force of will, yeah, or, or you could counter any, any of the, the pitch pitched elementals. Creature elementals. I think that yeah. would have made the card much more interesting, because then you still don't get into the degenerate mental misstep versus mental mis- misstep bullshit. Um, and I think it would it it might be too good, but I'm to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't be heartbroken if a lot of these pitch elementals you had it like you're never gonna hear me complain about a card that deals with people cheating on mana. So, especially yeah, when, a reactive one, if you like, get it's not even for, like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. It's, go it's ahead. not even something proactive. Like if you made too good of a damping spear, damping sphere, um, uh-huh. I could see how that would be problematic in the wrong meta or in the right meta, depending on how uh-huh. you want to look at that. But like a reactive thing where it's just like, I have to keep mana open every turn on the off chance they solitude my shit. Like that to me seems like it's closer to being balanced than a proactive yeah. screwing mana like fine. so i don't know yeah i anytime you're punishing someone for paying zero mana for a spell i yeah, i don't I'm, like there's almost there there's very few ways that you can punish someone for that that i would be like that's too much right you're doing literally the least possible thing and that's not paying for your fucking spells so yep there should be punishment for that that's that's coming from someone who plays blue white control and runs four force of will and three force negation. Yep. Third place. Let's get this rolling. Rakdos scam. Uh, I think secretly one of the better decks. I shouldn't secretly, but I think it's legit one yeah, of the. It's definitely the not a decks. secret. It's um, it's one of the more first. powerful decks <laughs> in uh, in modern. I still think I still maintain. I was talking to people at Pioneer the other night that I think uh, I think Yogmoth is secretly one of the best decks. It's very difficult to play, but I think it's le- I think it's legitimately one of the best decks in modern. Uh, it, it could be hated out effectively if it became too powerful. It's kind of has that reanimator problem. But like when everyone isn't staring at Yogmoth, I think Yogmoth might be like the best deck. It's so it's so just like zero to a hundred. It has an amazing plan A where it's happy to just beach to death with strangle guys and fucking young wolves. And then it's just like, oh, you're at seven and you've played a couple creatures. You've had to commit. You, you spent your turn committing to the board to not die. Cool. Quarter calling. I win. Yeah. Shit like that, man. Yep. Um, but anyway, we're talking about Rakdos Midrange, uh, Ragavan, Dothy, Croxa, Season Pyromancer, like just just good Rakdos creatures, all the Feign Death and uh, Undying Evil cards. I mean, like like literally six or seven of them. 
Uh, and then some interaction, some thought seizes, some terminates, take command, blood moon, slow you down, fables. Uh, sideboard doesn't have anything particularly interesting. Probably the Hidetsugo consumes all is the coolest thing. The that uh, the yeah. I didn't call Fable the Mirror Breaker, but I did call Hidetsugo as being playable in older formats. Definitely worse than Fable, but definitely playable. Yeah, I mean it pops up in these sideboards, and it does for a yep. reason. It's not a bad card. It's yeah, just it's a not. it's a more narrow card. It's I mean, very narrow. Fable of the Mirror Mirror Breaker is just generic value. Yep. Well, it's kind of like you're talking about like Fable of the Mirror Breaker is proactive. Hitsugo consumes all is reactive. Yeah. And the proactive card makes it into a lot of decks in the main board. The reactive card occasionally hits the sideboard. Uh, next up, so we've got a more traditional is it Murktide list, and this is like legit Murktide. You do have like literally the same creatures except three Murktide. And then you have the same spells, except you have Counterspell, along with Spell Snare, Spell, Spell Pierce. And then no Prismatic Ending, no uh, Teferi. Your sideboard is obviously back to being Is It with things like Flusterstorm, Dress Down, Brotherhood's End, which is a phenomenal card that kind of snuck in past everybody. Uh, three mana like feels like too much, but for what it does, it's pretty insane. Yeah. The well, it's effectively a Wrath strong. of God. Whenever you it, cast it, it's a one-sided Wrath of God. It is, and it's it being it just it pairs so well against Hammer Time. I think is like because Hammer Time gets set up so well, and Brotherhood and whether they've got a few hammers lying around or they've got a few Mem Knights lying, it just it answers everything. Yep. So everything you needed to answer at least. But this deck hasn't changed very much in the last like three four months. Like some sideboard slots in and out, but nothing much has changed in that list. Uh, it's going to sound very repetitive for the next couple. So next up, we've got Rakdos Midrange again. And looking at this list, it is uh, almost the exact same list, with the exception of, and I will die on this hill, a fun of Liliana of the Veil. This yep. deck does not need Liliana of the Veil. I don't think Liliana of the Veil makes this deck better, but somebody loves Lily, and they found a slot for her. Yeah. The, the fact is, like... I mean, this is this that would be better as a second Fable the Mirror Breaker, and this is absolutely proof. And we know this. And I'm not knocking uh, Young Dingo for doing this, but one suboptimal card in your deck does not cost you a challenge, and Liliana is very much a suboptimal card in at least this deck. Yeah, I mean, it's a yep. three mana Diabolic Edict at Sorcery Speed, because like it's the fact even... of the matter is. Like it's not even the better than the, the new matter, edict they printed. You can yeah. it's not out, I guess, yet, but you, you can hit planeswalkers with it. Like the fact of the matter is she loses a lot of her appeal when you've already stripped their hand. Uh-huh. You've already thought <laughs> seized them three times this game. Three or four, yeah. Want... So like okay, cool. This we'll each discard a card. Whoop the fucking do. Like yeah. now, to be fair, there is at least uh actually no nope, never mind. I for a brief second I was thinking the feign death things would work as a reanimator but yeah they don't even work there there's no synergy at all no. like you could in theory sacrifice your own thing with lily Man. that's already out and feign death it like that's the synergy does it make you sad that liliana is down to 20 down to a 20 dollar card that's well i mean i don't know if sad's the right word but it's basically made it so i don't buy uh many cards anymore because like having <laughs> yeah. a big having a big collection that's not on the reserve list is a huge waste of money it's, it just is. With with the way like, Watsy's printing cards right now, it absolutely is. Yep. Alrighty. Uh so. next up, 
crashing footfalls again. Uh, this is, oddly enough, a step in the other direction, back to a more traditional crashing footfalls list. Brazen Borrower, uh, Fury, Endurance, um, Force Negation, Dead and Gone, Fire, Ice. We still have to become immense, one Blood Moon. But we've only got eight uh, Cascade Enablers here. So, Cut and White Out, definitely a much better mana base, which I don't think that's necessarily correct, but... In a deck where you're trying to race to three man and win the game, I mean, running six tap lands, six triomes, or probably like five triomes, is definitely going to cost you games. Uh, yep. I just personally think that having access to one, three more cascade spells, and two, a leyline binding on turn two makes up for it. Yep. Blood Moon is around quite a bit with all the scam, but like the leyline binding, if you. Like they they could get you on in game one, but if you know it's around, you just hold up a white and yeah, you just be ready. Like yeah, because okay, I mean I, I mean moon, like cool in, in response, what world this for a white. Now in fairness, Rakdos game is gonna be the best deck at getting into your hand and removing that. So that's uh, yep. that's a very good point in its favor. But yeah, in what world do you not just be like yeah I'm I'm ready. Oh, I'm gonna cast Blood Moon. Yeah, float a white. You done? Cool, gone. Right. But like you like you're saying, Rakdos game was probably the biggest contender there, and I mean that is literally the one deck getting in your hand more than any other deck yeah. in modern. There is so and uh, looks like the Merktide decks do like splash a couple Blood Moons in the sideboard occasionally. Yeah, I've seen so, that. So like, yeah, there is some there is some Blood Moon around. So like, it's not out of the question. But I agree with you. I would rather play the Leyline. Like again, do broken things like we just yep. talked about. Like, you should be doing do the modern power level thing and modern power level right now is one mana oblivion ring at instant speed yep and it's don't get me wrong, i love seeing mana bases get abused or get uh getting punished but it's also abusing uh domain with triomes remember when everyone was super excited because they printed endurance and they were like oh my god it's gonna be so good at like crushing delver and then they printed murktide region yep Yep, when they printed a flash threat. I mean, they're the same. They're in the same. I know. Set. It's like, but like we saw it and we were like, oh wow! So it, it was comes the spoilers. In. Yeah, <laughs> like, it fucking it knew it just like it stonewalls Delver cold, and they were like, unless they have an eight eight, right? Cool. And then your and then your top deck endurance makes it bigger, right? Um. Uh, uh, next up, seventh place, we've got Hammer Time. So Mono Wolves representing. Or at least Mono Wolf's deck is representing. Uh, we do have three Ornithopter, which is really interesting because how often do we see Memnites in that Ornithopter spot? And you and I all the time are like, in what world? If you're not running both, which I get not running both, there's plenty, of, there's room in the deck to play around with it. In what world do you want Memnite, which is one more power, okay, over an Ornithopter, which mm -hmm. is flying? And for most intents and purposes, unblockable. Okay, Matt yeah. has no opinion on that. So cool. No, uh, no, it's well, <laughs> the one of the reasons why, in theory, is if your plan A is colossal hammer, the creature loses flying. Yes, so Memnite but, does have one more power. But I this think is where the, I would agree with you. I think the when deck you attach primarily any plans. other equipment, <laughs> like it's much better. <laughs> I would. I like, think. I mean, the the modern power level thing that this deck is doing is Sigarda's, uh, is Sigarda's aid. So while well, you are very correct that, um, the deck certainly has lines 
with uh, Pure Steel Paladin to get that bitch on there. Like, what this deck wants to be doing is cheating it in with Colossus Hammer. And if that's the case, mm-hmm. you do it. Flying is very it's unblocked. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I'll, and to agree with you agreeing with me, yeah, all the other shit, like Shadow Spear, uh, Cauldra Those Complete, cranial plating, that thing around, cranial plating. Yeah, like, yeah. then you're just way better to have flying. I don't think yep. the one damage is worth it. And like, you have the Ginger Brute. The Ginger Brute's a wonderful example of, like, I mean, it's it's... It costs one, but it's similar to that Mem Knight where it's getting in there. It's hitting face. Oh. Yep. Um, two to Time Raveler. Three Blacksmith skill. We've seen this spell slot bouncing around a lot. So this is a uh, white-blue list. You get the reality chip. A lo- for a long time, we saw Spell Pierce sitting in that slot just to help protect. And now we've we've seen it transition to Blacksmith skill. And there's another one that I can't remember what it is. But it's the same premise where it's... Um, Expert from whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I saw, oh my God, we didn't talk about our patrons. I saw Emperor talking to Mono Wolf. I didn't give them a shout out. All right, I'm sorry, patrons. You'll get a shout out at the end of the episode. We suck. We take a week off and we're fucking idiots. Um, but he made a really good point and I haven't thought about it. Blacksmith skill says target permanent gains hexproof and indestructible. Mm-hmm. And that is so much better when one of your main game plans is Ink Moth Nexus, swing for 10 infect. Yep. And you can you can protect your ink moth nexus when it's not a creature. Yeah. That is really, really huge. You can in a world where they're going to be uh besaging it or trying to remove it in tons of ways as a land, you have a means of protecting it. Especially and then once it becomes a creature, obviously a lot of the other things protect creatures as well. But you can protect yeah. your everything. It's it's permanent. It's an amazing, amazing card for that. Well, it protects a lot of your. It protects Sigarda's aid. It protects, protects everything, everything in the deck. Every permanent, which is again, this like he said which that, and it kind of clicked with me that like, oh yeah, it like it just hits every single permanent because then they were talking about like flex slots and moving that out and changing some stuff, and and Emperor was pretty adamant on keeping it because yeah, it's so reactive to whatever your opponent's trying to throw at you. I mean, it's the only non-permanent in the deck, like. <laughs> Oh, I guess that's true, yeah. Like, looking yeah, they, at this list, it's the only non-permanent. Like, it yeah. protects every other card. Literally the, the only spells. The only spell. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So. Uh, and then wrapping it up, I believe, my boy Yogmoth. I was just talking praise. Uh, we've got Yogmoth with Hypatra. Uh, this, we got Snake. I, I, can't, I can't think of a snake pun with Hypatra. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing I like to check with these is uh, how many win cons we have with the combo. So we only have the blood artist. We don't have the Gross messenger. I still think that's wrong, but like, I love the, the, the I've had it explained to me like, Oh no, if they kill your blood artist, you just endurance it back into the deck and get it out. And it's like, or you could just run an extra creature and then just yeah. draw your deck and cast Gross messenger, but whatever. Um, beyond that, don't really see anything in the deck that's new. Like you see those cards move in and out sometimes. The Hapatra might move out for a Drops Messenger. Some of these numbers change a little bit, but I don't see anything in here that is new. Nope. Uh, Sheldon in the side, kind of interesting. Yeah. Go kind for the throat. I, I maintain that go for the throat is arguably the wrong removal to be running in that one in a black kill a thing spot. But one bad card does not make you lose a challenge. Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap this up, Matt. It is getting late. Still got to record yes, that Patreon content. So we've got uh, Rakdos Midrange and Yogmoth for each, 12.5%. Crashing Footfalls, is it aggro? 
and Hammer Time. Three decks each, 9.4%. Uh, some other stuff, but then basically all one-ofs. Most played cards. Ragavan, Lightning Bolt, Fury, Force of Vigor, Endurance. Hey, look, it's MH2 Tribal and Lightning Bolt, the best uh, damage spell ever printed. Uh, top creatures. Ragavan, Fury, Endurance, Grief, Dothy Voidwalker. Hey, look, it's MH2 Tribal. Top spells. Lightning Bolt, Force of Vigor, Mistress Bobble, Leyline Binding, and Teferi Time Raveler. Uh, Matt... So Nope, let me let me go first. Uh, because I forgot and I'm super sorry. A shout out to our patrons. Emperor, Rogue, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, Jameson, Asphalt, Ted, Mumbledown, and Rob. Thank you guys for supporting us. Sorry we suck. What you got, Matt? So before we leave for the night and modern, you probably didn't notice it, but you mentioned is it aggro? Now if you look, the way this categorizes decks, that's not Merktide region. Oh, it's not? And it, no, it's not. So what it is... Oh, is it, prow is, is it Prowess? It's basically a red deck. It's mono red. So it's got uh, Jengatha, Bomat Courier, DRC, oh Ragavan, Voldaren Epicure, which is a popper card. Uh, gets huh? a blood token and pings for one. Galvanic Blast, <laughs> Lightning Bolt, Shrapnel Blast, wow, light up the stage. Yeah. It's basically, this is kind of similar, with obviously much better cards, to like a red aggro popper deck. Uh, there's a lot, it's using a lot of the same synergies with like Voldaren Epicure with the blood tokens. Um, they don't use all these cards in the same decks, but you've got like... Uh -huh. Similar stuff like light up the stage is very similar to um, experimental synthesizer, which they yep. actually have four of in here. Uh, so like, oh, I just noticed like that like blast. I, yeah. So you got shrapnel blast, galvanic blast, like. So I just I thought we no, should bring I did that not up. Notice that because like that's you a... said that, and I was like, that's weird. What's is it aggro? Because like I looked at, it, I'm like, well, Merktide because Merktide region's only one of the top thirty two. Like blue yeah. red Merktide is only one of the top thirty two. Um, there's also an Is It Prowess deck, which we don't really need to talk about because there's no, that's super, super cool. That literally the second place deck this week comes in at $750 and is a absolute banger of a, an and it's a mono deck. red. Cause like the, yeah. the only card in here that's blue is that Orvar, Orvar. the all form, all yeah. form, which is just that sideboard card against what's it's called. The uh, indomitable creativity. Yeah. It's mo it's it realistically it's for uh, Archon. Of the reanimator and Archon shit. Any any deck putting Archon in because it you discard it to Archon and it makes an Archon and kills their Archon and the game is over. Yeah, exactly. So like this is mono red deck. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really really cool. So I just once I yeah, noticed that you. I was like, well, we can't not talk about that. <laughs> this is about the that's the I mean, it it could have popped up last week. We, obviously, we didn't record last week. Uh, but that's new to us, and I didn't want to let that go unremarked, that yeah, there is a for sure. new deck in Modern. For, for sure. But, Matt, as we wrap this episode up, it is going to be hour and 20 minutes. So, is there anything else you want to talk about this week? No, not really. Alrighty. Well, once again, thank you to our patrons. I'm sorry I forgot the shout-out in the beginning. Um, we'll be better next week. If you want to help support the show, patreon.com forward slash cancer cartel. If you want to reach out to us, uh, cantripcartel at gmail.com you can hit us up on you can send us messages facebook email or uh, facebook twitter instagram cantrip cartel everywhere you hit us up with something we'll try and get back to you as soon as we can and i think that's everything so matt anything i'm forgetting at this point who knows <laughs> yep 
anyway, we'll see you guys next week. Yep, have a nice night, guys. You got anything? No. GG. <laughs> Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken Matt chatting meta games or slinging some spells, casting ales, sipping on blue soup and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies where the brainstorms of Sophia, some so scary, so legendary. Queer and ranger scrounge the sylvan libraries for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers. Unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus shepherd danced on dinosaurs stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, thou and serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the Cantrip Cartel. <laughs>